0: Hello and welcome back to this episode of TF Bonus. Uh it is uh myself Riley. I'm also here with Alice. Hi. How's it going? Uh I'm also here with Hussein. What's up? Uh from from the dark ends of South London uh alice that's how it's going i'm also here with hussein <laughs> thank you, uh, thank, you for, thank
1: you for answering
0: my question which
1: i was posing to you
0: <laughs> and also we are joined uh, by uh repeat guest we're counting the, you know we did a first abortive episode but milo's internet um appears to be being routed through north korea uh so it's everything is good but it's uh very throttled so that they can they can make sure everything is uh, you know juche compliant um so, I think we're still going to count this as the second appearance. Third, if you want to count the abortive first try. Uh, we also have uh, Liv posting.
2: Liv, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, again. Yeah. Again, <laughs> the you. third time. I think, <laughs> how do you I feel think about that... doing this introduction for a second time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one went smoother than the other one. Oh, yeah. The, Way the other tired. intro. So, there you go. I think that maybe like we should just do the same thing that... North Korea is doing with the internet so that it just like syncs up like we are also 4 seconds delayed and then they make sure that any like anti-socialist things yeah. being said so, are censored. So out. that
1: we can't talk about- <laughs> 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 Yeah,
2: that's
0: just Alice saying some of the most powerful oh, slurs. so many. <laughs> <Yeah>. For instance, <laughs> um all yeah, and all all robots consider that very offensive. <laughs> um so, uh we are Before we get into our, our startup for uh for the day. There's some fucking uh, politics I, that's been happening, hasn't there? Yeah, the damn politics is back.
1: I thought uh, we finished where, that. I thought we had the West Wing come back, do an anniversary episode about how tr- Orange Man is bad, and then politics was over and I didn't have to think about it anymore. But now some politics has happened.
0: Uh, some politics is so a rare, a rare uh, good politics. Where um, in the, the Bolivian presidential election was decided decisively in favor of uh, Luis Arce, the MAS candidate most aligned with Morales. No, I, I believe you it, mean hand
1: picked successor to the, the oh, yeah. totalitarian
0: populist Evo Morales. Uh, No, no, sorry. That was yesterday's tweet. Today's tweet has to be a congratulations.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) even even Janine Agnes, the, like, gigantic Bible-holding coomonger who who took over the presidency, like, acknowledged that before the official results were in, the exit poll was something like 50% MAS. And she was like, well, congratulations,
0: guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, um... You know, and also the other thing, right? Like, a that's unambiguously good because you know the the government was, if you recall, the popularly elected government was deposed in a coup on the basis of the OAS reporting some irregularities that Morales was like, sure, fine, rerun the election, I don't mind, uh, and then they're like, nope, sorry, coup, and then uh, Añez came in. Uh, converted most of the like um presidential presidential residence into a, a bible garage <laughs> and then proceeded to like a big bible up on fucking <laughs> jacks
1: just a guy working on the <laughs> underside of it with a wrench
0: but then proceeded to like like material for her caretaker government proceeded to like you know uh oversee a bunch of you know extrajudicial murders uh and then Um, undertake, like, privatizations, or attempt to undertake privatizations, materially change foreign policy, like, you know, the kind of stuff a caretaker government would do, Mm -hmm. Uh, the usual. Uh, Anyway, that's all, you know, been, uh, well, the the ballot box has said that's over, whether politics has said that's over, I think is probably far from true. But in the
1: meantime, we get to enjoy the squirming of every American think tank goon who was at the time, and you can go back because they haven't deleted their posts yet at the time of recording, in 2019 was like, this isn't a coup, it's a movement towards democracy, it's fine, it's normal, this is a good thing. Um, uh, Yasha Monk has not tweeted in eighteen hours at time of recording. <laughs>
3: he's having he's having a wellness day.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's, doing he's, he's doing his self care. Yeah, all like
1: yeah. it. All I can say is that
3: I think it's very disappointing. But we opened the show with this, and it's just further proof that the left care much more about their bros in Bolivia than the blokes in Bolsover. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: yeah. you you try explaining Pasha Mama on the doorstep in Bishop Auckland.
0: That's yeah. right that's right uh, and also uh, this is pointed out in the first attempt but uh live as you mentioned just nuclear levels of cope going on among unimaginable, the, among journalists who are now saying oh actually we were right all along we knew it was never a coup because if it was a coup it wouldn't have been defeated in the ballot
2: box <laughs> dear liberals if it's a coup then why did we eat shit that, <laughs> you think about that <laughs> Why we fuck Listen, up and we're not in power yeah, anymore? If if I was trying
1: to do a cool trick, why did I simply fall on my ass and knock all of my teeth out and split my pants open? Comically, wouldn't I just have done the cool trick?
0: <laughs> so I th- I mean, look, they they usually will say or do something like every sort of forty eight hours. That indicates that you can safely just never pay attention to anything yes, they have to say to the thing. You can embarrass them
1: with this one. You can really hold yeah. their feet to the fire because the next time that Yasha Monk or any of these fuck freaks say anything about anything, all you have to do is find a screenshot of the tweet from twenty nineteen where he was like, Actually, this is a good thing for democracy.
0: Um, Oh yeah, uh, on a British angle, uh, Ian Dunn was like, (laughs) I grew up in Chile. he's told that shit again, yeah. But then he was like, I grew up in Portsmouth, and I also grew up near near Southampton, and all kinds of stuff. It's like all those degrees that Francis Wheatman did. Yeah, a lot of childhoods in that guy. Hmm. Anyway. I I grew uh, up
1: in a little neighborhood of Portsmouth called Colonia Dignidad,
0: and I have some feelings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, what happened in Colonial Dignidad was democracy. <laughs> uh, yo. But anyway, uh, so a heartfelt congratulations to uh, MAS uh, from the TF podcast. Yeah, we're going
1: to do the like cringe DSA thing where we like unironically do, you know, like Viva Bolivia, right? But like, actually though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For real. We will love to see it. But we do. Uh, but first, now I'd like to talk about a little startup. Uh, that Evo Morales would not have allowed to exist in Bolivia because it is awful. Lithium. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, no one. It's that's It's actually anti-mental health to keep Bolivia's lithium <laughs> mines <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, just more socialist showing they don't care about uh, mental health. That's right. That's right. Um, it's. All 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 kinds of like dads with BPD are now living out Showtime specials because they couldn't get their lithium. (laughs) Uh, Yo, we're gonna talk about a a startup, and now the thing is, you guys already know what it is uh, because we we did this once and no, I
1: pushed the reset button at the base of my skull after
2: I stopped every recording. I have already forgotten. I have the short term memory of like three minutes, and after that, it's just gone. So I don't know what's happening.
0: So uh, we're talking about Gain Life today in the startup section.
1: I already don't remember what this is. It's like a Wi-Fi enabled dumbbell that your boss (laughs) can like watch you do reps on or something. I still think
2: it's a security company that's trying to do a coup in Bolivia now. (laughs) Which actually tracks, which technically tracks, given the mental health stuff. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's right. Doing Um, a coup
2: in Bolivia to cope. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) it's doing a coup in Bolivia because you have to do whatever makes you feel good during the pandemic (laughs) Um, so gain life is a new way to help people and organizations return to health work and productivity
1: it sounds like thinking about the name gain life it sounds like one of those churches that pretends it's not a church like you get like the alpha course advertised to you right and it doesn't mention Christianity there anywhere that's what gain life sounds like to me
3: it does sound like a kind of like uh subscription neutro like nootropic service that like occasionally sends you emails about um how it's like alpha to only pee once a day.
1: To be fair, that is alpha.
3: That is, is pretty. Alpha. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty mm-hmm. sick.
0: Peeing multiple times a day is female. In my
2: <laughs> <laughs> female. Entry, that's right. Yeah. I mean,
3: I mean, I mean, when you look at the queue angle, like what you know, what's the kind of thing you see? There's a lot of guys who like look like they need to pee. Because they can't oh, control themselves. I wouldn't no, I be surprised if
2: QAnon would like, is going to start denying germ theory at some point. Yeah. So like, on top of that, like peeing without washing your hands. Yeah, unlike angle- like you
0: so-called germ cucks, <laughs> I am protecting myself
2: against miasma.
0: Oh, no, the Q, the Q angle is actually something that has nothing to do with QAnon. It's yes. a different Q. Yeah, we, yes. fe- we, uh, found, saying, we you wanna- found a guy. He's saying you want to explain this? This is a guy yeah. that you're obsessed with.
3: Yeah, I mean we're gonna do like a 10K post episode on this pretty soon. Um, but the Q angle is uh, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it properly, and that's why I wanted to do a whole episode on it. But <laughs> the Q angle is this idea that's kind of been put by this extremely normal turf woman uh who suggests that like everyone um is all your uh. favorite celebrity couples are inverted.
1: Um right. so, everyone so secretly trans. Right. So basically yes, John, okay.
3: John Legend is trans, Jason Momoa is trans. Yeah. Um, every male Chrissy celebrity. Is trans.
2: Right. That's right. It's based on like their stance angle or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I've yes. seen this. It's also yeah, it's it's awesome. like
1: occasionally actually very <laughs> approving, like the time when she was like, Caitlyn Jenner is a woman. And I was like, <laughs> whoa. <wow."> Shit,
3: dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's 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 not kind of consistent. And it kind of just like the, the woman who posts this stuff who has blocked me, like she kind of like takes an image of like a guy with both his hands in his pockets on a cold day, and uses that as proof that like he doesn't actually have a penis, and that like, he's secretly trans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. Hands in your pockets, female behavior. <laughs> and it's, it's alpha to keep your wallet and phone and that's keys why, out at all well, times.
3: That's why. That's why dresses don't have pockets. Is because um, <laughs> it's, it's because actually, Ooh. actually, all the people you think are female are male.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so anyway, uh, watch uh, watch, listen to 10k posts to hear more about that. Hmm. But uh, back to gain life. Uh, no, it's not that. It's not that strange thing. Uh, it is the only software designed by behavioral scientist to expedite something not good I mean something uh, good but something you don't necessarily want expedited by behavioral scientists on behalf of your boss.
1: Hmm. Okay. It, uh, I'm back to the dumbbell thing. It does reps
0: reps i want to uh live in hussein i want to one more out of you and then we're going to talk about what it really is
2: it expedites socialists from your country through paramilitary death squads
0: <laughs> yeah that's right Uh gain bi- it's gain life it's actually a big bible uh i can't remember who said <laughs> yeah. this initially but yeah they were right it's a fake religion um no no sh- <laughs> uh hussein
3: um okay so if it's not the good idea that i came up with then is it um it's something to do with uh, it's something to do with work, and it's something to do with like getting people to believe that work is
0: life. I, I that I'm gonna say that's close enough to be moving on with. Okay, um, yeah.
1: you, you almost it, clinched a win uh, in in this round of TF by simply remembering the thing that we talked about ten minutes <laughs> earlier. <laughs> my my yeah my my
3: brain my brain is like slightly less broken than other people's, but when I say slightly, I literally mean that. <laughs> you
0: know, so uh, basically. Uh, it was, it is a a service, it's a software platform. It was born out of Harvard University's Innovation Lab, so you know it's good. Um, our our company, they say, is comprised of behavioral scientists and technologists that build software to help injured, ill, or disabled employees return to work faster. Yes, yeah, cybernetic it's deus ex shit. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, No, we're not going to give you like any cool augmentations. But uh, we will use behavioral science uh, to make you go back to work. That sucks. It's just, you don't
1: even get a cool arm out of it. It's just making you go back to work when you are, like, too hurt not to.
0: Uh, So basically, uh, I want to explain a little bit of what this actually is. Most tech companies do two things. Uh, They'll perform some useful function in terms of administering and making more efficient a set of, like, information transactions. Google is useful as a search engine. It's also a spying operation. Um, and so, GreenSill, for example, what pro- pro- company we talk about a lot, it be it has its real value is that it's able to like be a bank for companies without technically being a bank, but as a tech company, it it very quickly administers like lending applications and so on. So, in that sense, it is uh, it is it is it has like an actual function and then a real valuable function. So, the actual function of this is pretty you know um like within the logic of the system that it works in is pretty you know fine where if you're making a disability claim you're going to have to like submit a bunch of forms to a bunch of people and they're all going to have to sign off on them and all have sight on them and so on and so on and so on it makes that much much faster fine whatever we don't care about that bit what we care about is the fact that also it's this claims management system that also is like involves, nudging quote,
1: you back into work
0: Well, they call that defending against developing a quote disability mindset mark of magic mark of magic that's that's that's, that's quite something huh (laughs) it's all yeah it's it's It's,
1: all mindset it's just the secret
0: (laughs) this is basically the secret
1: for like small business tyrants if you do the Dilbert affirmations thing every day you will no longer uh, want to like not go to work merely because you fell 50 feet head first onto a concrete floor
0: yeah and like I so I looked this up right and I wanted to see before we started like you know talking about this topic is disability mindset a like reputable concept from like the studies <laughs> yeah, of these thi- of uh, I can't well, wait uh, to find go, out heavens no <laughs> <laughs> like this is not like cuz like a lot of the times like they'll uh, some companies will, especially ones that are trying to like do wellness for employees, will take some concept that's been like legitimately being studied in academia or whatever and then just evilify it. In this case, I only, I've only looked at it in terms of returning people to work. It only is ever talked about, as far as I can see, as a barrier of returning people to work. And what it is is the idea that you are defined by your disability rather than your abilities. In terms of your ability to, like, <laughs> you know, do the job that hurt you i don't know maybe it might be good to think about the thing that hurt you yeah maybe but
1: like that's a negative energy and you can't you can't like bring that into the workforce into the workspace you're going to like fuck yeah, bad up the chakras it, yeah it's bad vibes mm-hmm. you got to have good vibes every ceo Has been injured at work so many times. That's how they became CEOs. Is because they got more powerful every time they fractured their spine, and it gave them that winning mindset that they needed.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like muscle confusion. Yeah,
1: that's right. Um,
0: we don't need OSHA.
1: We need good vibes. Basically, it's not (laughs) (laughs) OSHA. If you you get so many workplace injuries that you just develop positive mindset, then you become an an insanely good worker.
0: And again, look, if I I think that I want to be clear as well, like there are probably like a lot of a lot of people who are disabled and are discriminated against about that and obviously there are and also who like develop a very sort of they might develop a bad sense of themselves because of that. That's. Yeah, but, like, like, maybe maybe part of the reason why it's
2: easy
1: to get depressed if you were, like, suffering with a disability is because everything conspires to make that as miserable as possible, including this fucking app-thing bullshit that's like, hey, are you considered going back to work?
0: Well, Hmm. yeah, it's one of these things where it's certainly not your fucking boss's job. To try to make you feel better about the injury that they gave you,
1: either you don't have to like seize your like entrepreneurial spirit back. You can just fucking be like, yeah, no, this sucks, actually. You know, you are allowed to experience consequences.
0: Um, also here I'm gonna dive into a little more of how it works. Uh, It involves real time monitoring of an individual's recovery to flag psychosocial (laughs) issues.
2: Yeah, (laughs) deliver.
0: Early interventions. Uh, okay. It's like so someone we, we, read
2: Foucault and thought he thought the Panopticon was good. Yeah. And implemented what, we've it got, here. what we've got here is an
1: encouraging positive mindset shot
2: collar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an evidence based early intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, listen, so yeah, it's if, if you think wear.
1: if you're going to develop a disability mindset, if you start doing things like being like, oh, I don't want to go to work, you get a like it's a little encouraging shock to like jolt you out of your preconceptions. It's fine.
0: That's right. Um, so some of the uh, so they say you can take better care of your employees. I think you should have taken good care of your employees from the outset. So they didn't get injured on the job. But, you know, whatever. Hmm. Column A, column B so they can focus on their recovery and return to work faster while your company reduces its claim costs. Cool.
2: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a win awesome.
0: win. Awesome.
3: You see, I mean, uh, it, it, it sounds like this. It sounds like a kind of a, it sounds like, uh, I mean, what's the best way to describe this other than like, it's an attempt to kind of brand an injury as um, like a battle scar. Mm. right? The idea yeah. that, like, yeah, you know, you got hurt like on the job, but we were building something great. We were building um a cool warehouse. I don't know, I, like I, I I don't fucking know. Yeah.
1: Um, we, we were building a cool car phone warehouse. A thing which I assume <laughs> car phone warehouse does. It's like, no, yeah. you weren't in the army. And even if you were in the army, it wouldn't have been like that meaningful right. either. But like, no, this is designed for people who like Were told to lift something that was too heavy and like injured their backs. That that's not like some great meaningful crusade. And crucially,
3: like it's just like like I can totally imagine this being used as like quite early on after like an injury um occurs in order to like like prevent or at least encourage um staff members who like or workers who have been injured to like not you know talk to those pesky uh social justice uh obsessed lawyers. That's right. Um, Yeah. But mm-hmm. instead to like take one for the team because, you know, you wouldn't sue your wife. It's a
1: really know, for like for the record, yeah. I absolutely would. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. we're so, more of a
1: family here.
0: <laughs> so one thing. I, I do not know if it if it does that. However, the fact is that it probably could. Mm. Um, well, like it doesn't um, it, it doesn't have to consciously it's just another
1: intermediary like so long as you have that there that's a bulwark against forming any kind of an adversarial relationship with your employer right you, you're yeah. like you're gonna work on yourself you're gonna overcome this disability mindset instead of like trying to take them to an employment
0: tribunal. So here there's say so they have personalized psychosocial resources cool. uh, which provide support to aid recovery. Now a couple of them are just like telemedicine things of that nature. Um, one of them, however, is, uh, and some of them are actually do seem we like- We call it the mind flare. Well, some, <laughs> some seem genuinely actually quite useful, like trouble, like uh, troubleshooting issues like transportation, where you can like officially log your requirement that you need like special transportation or a ramp or what have you into the office. and then. But that's just making the normal thing more- So You can just have well, a person
1: at, who does this, like as an employee, you can have a reasonable oh, adjustment yeah. person.
0: Yeah, no, that's been automated. Uh, you can also, uh, but what I'm looking at is mental resources, uh, which help alleviate employee stress, anger, fear, anxiety, or worry about re-injury.
1: Ooh, now Jeez. we're talking. <laughs>
0: that's right <laughs> yeah, uh, so- uh, uh, The fucking, like, startup Gom
1: Jabbar over here. <laughs> yeah it's put your put like, your hand back in the fucking box man <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're paying you to put your hand in this box damn it <laughs> you can't be off on on dis on on like injury pay on on sickness pay well that you're well no one's putting their hand in this box <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's in the box mindset
0: <laughs> yeah uh so also again it's like um If we're going to have this massively, if we're going to have no social safety net, and if we're going to sort of torch health and safety regulations, all you can really do is just tell employees, like, I probably won't happen twice to the same person. What are the odds? Have you you considered
1: doing some, like, adult coloring books? What about breathing exercises?
0: (laughs) So, um, have you tried
1: mindfulness?
0: So, Sean Eldridge, the founder of Gain Life, was on the podcast. Uh, Eldridge.
1: Yes. <laughs> seems like a really low-end Yeah. <laughs> coming coming to yeah, you live Sean... from, from Miskatonic University Media Lab. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's a strong episode title right away. Uh, so, Sean Eldridge, who I will be referring to as Eldridge, uh, the founder of Gain Life, was on a podcast where the following were some of the highlights that were shared from his quote. He was on Rogan? Uh, <laughs> he was on Trash Feature, I thought. That's right. Had yeah.
1: returning champion. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah we, we had him on to talk about um, uh, Jacob Rees Mogg's book. Uh, so, Gain Life was founded by three alumni of Procter and Gamble's Future Works division, who enjoyed working together. Oh, cool. Gain Life repurposes the behavioral science that the three of them used to sell consumer packaged goods for helping people make positive changes in their world. What, what has
1: Procter and Gamble ever done that's evil? Nothing, I'm sure. I won't be looking this up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, It's it also just the, the fact that they're using the same thing they'll use to like, you know, sell, I don't know, bird's eye chicken or whatever for helping people like drooling people with disabilities back to work. Yeah. Um, and they say gain life pivoted away from its initial um, from its initial role as a weight loss app <laughs> to <laughs> so, <laughs> to uh, to disability management. And then the final quote, and here's my favorite quote from this entire uh, interview. Boston is the greatest city on Earth. Cool. You know what? When he's right, (laughs) he's right. He's right. right. (laughs) Bean town, baby. (laughs) (laughs) The hub. So, you know, just giving you a little bit of a, giving you a, a little bit of a flavor of uh, what Sean Eldritch likes to think about and talk about when he's not creating this monstrously evil company. This is a guy it's who, who like,
1: yeah, like creates this incredibly evil thing and then like goes into his office, switches the light off, and like stares at the wall until his next thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah, first, he doesn't sleep. Boston, baby. Coolest city in the world. Uh, all, all, all he ever does is, uh, find new ways to make the lives of workers more miserable and then
1: cheer for the damn
2: Bruins. Replace Boston with Innsmouth
1: and tell me it would be different.
0: (laughs) Sorry, Liv?
2: Oh, he goes goes in between doing, like, mindfulness stuff to get, um, like, people who are injured back to work, and then, like, turns it all off and just, like, starts ranting about how Jokers are naive, shouldn't have the right to vote. (laughs) Yeah, he's a a Boston guy. They love that shit. He's a Boston guy, yeah.
0: Uh, so the way the so the it was the say the weight loss thing was the same thing where but it was again for employers. So the initial the initial um, uh, plan was that an employer can achieve eight hundred and fifty three dollars in annual medical cost savings if an employee with a thirty five BMI loses ten percent of their weight. And so what we do is we take a percentage of those savings. <laughs> And pass them on to you, the consumer. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, we passed them on to R.E.R. We pass them on to the old ones. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, anyway, that's Gain Life, uh, and I was like, "Damn!" After after talking about cooler screens, <laughs> the, the the most like a startup created by a child, uh, we've now get to talk about a startup created by a great old one. Hmm. Um, but speaking of companies founded by children.
2: Oh, he also has the same. He has the same name for his cat as um, what's H.P. Lovecraft. He was <laughs> that's, a,
0: that's a deep his, cut, but like,
2: his <laughs> <just> Lovecraft <laughs> wrote him into existence.
0: That's right. Um, So let's let's Goog- Google what H.P. Lovecraft called his cat. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and also, uh, for official purposes, we are not saying that. Um. For I uh, uh, live, I'd like to ask you a little a little question about another company started by a child. <laughs> yes. Um,
2: what is Juve? That's like a, the. I think the better question to ask is, "What isn't Juve?" Really, <laughs> like the <laughs> the the list of amazing things that Juve the Juve consulting firm has done in the past few years. I mean, basically, it's just it's a Zoomer consulting firm that was made to to teach billionaires what the DAB means and what YOLO stands for. Oh, that's so cursed.
4: (laughs) It's very cool.
2: And they make fucking bank off of it, like an insane amount of money. Um, I actually, I have some of their financials here. (laughs) One trillion dollar valuation
0: for our DAB (laughs)
2: consultant. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Uh, Teaching...
2: are teaching yeah. an 80-year-old, like, what are those? What that means? And they just, like, go around <laughs> saying it to everyone. Yeah, uh, they actually, they told all the Tories in this country how
0: to stand. Uh, they said that it was planking. I, ca- I can't it.
1: believe that um, the Tories won that election merely by tweeting out from their official account, this MF eating beans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, basically, uh, Juve, like you said, Liv, is this consulting firm that only does marketing. And I actually, I have some of them describing themselves down towards the bottom of this section, which is really fun. But yeah, it's a, it's basically a dabbing school for billionaires. And it's, <laughs> and it's run by a guy called Ziad Ahmed. Uh, Ziad was a senior at a prep school in New Jersey who first became sort of, who, well, he's become notable for quite a few times since his early teens. Um, In 2015, he was invited to Ramadan at the White House after being, like, placed wrongly on a no-fly list when he was a tween or something because of um, the United States' incredibly ingrained struggle Cool
1: consultancy is the art. Would you like to bring it to the White House?
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, and also he gained some press for creating a startup when he was around then called ReDefy, which is about um, trying to, like, explain and break stereotypes where it's a kind of, like, Progressive buzzwordy version of post-secret. Okay. More or less. Fine. Um, mm. harmless, the kind of social impact startup that a child would make, because in this case, a child did until, in fact. Until make-
1: until puberty hit him, like the Stranger Things kids. <laughs> and there is a reason why the name Ziad Ahman may be familiar to you, which is a piece to camera where he like explains why Nancy Pelosi is good actually and you should vote for Biden and so on and so on. In like a kind of shabby apartment building that was green screened in over mm. his enormous McMansion, which he had, <laughs> and this and which he was caught out for because he had done tours of it on Instagram. So you may remember <laughs> oh, that no. guy,
3: that's this guy. I'll yeah. tell you what, that wouldn't have happened if he had a Gen Z consultancy helping
0: him out.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Lesson one, <laughs> exactly always it. monitor the gram.
0: Um, so he's also notable for, um, applying to Stanford university and getting accepted with his admission statement, just being right. The writing the phrase hashtag black lives matter a hundred times. Um, which
2: which also, if you don't know, there's a detail, someone just like leaked this who I guess like used to be Ziad's friend that he, he did that to get back at his rich dad because he didn't want to go to Stanford. So we thought that if he did that, they would just like not accept him. It was, like, cynical, and then it, like, you know, classic rich person failing upwards, it made, like, you know, national news or whatever, and he got accepted. Which is also super funny, considering, like, there are a couple of these, like, minor leaks from people who, like, have been around Ziad in his life, but obviously fucking hate him. Mm. And, He's, like-
1: There's a big just... Tracy Flick vibe off of this guy.
0: Oh, also, just, just before we proceed, he is now in his 20s, so we are not mocking a child <laughs>
1: Yes, <laughs> no, he's a year younger than he me He only it's has the child brain
0: Yes yes. Um, so, uh, but Ziad, when asked why He, you know, wrote Probably what might some might say is a, at best A calculated risk for his admissions essay He said uh, When I thought about why, I realized that the Insistence on explaining the meaning of the hashtag Is inherently problematic
1: mm-hmm. And the no, why you, no, you is embodied didn't. No you didn't, come on man
0: is it embodied in the words themselves declaring the humanity and value of black lives is necessitated by the painful reality that the collective humanity is frequently denied when perpetrators of violence enjoy impunity so you cannot ask why i wrote it <laughs> okay
2: amazing it's so cool to know the real reason behind that cuz some asshole leaked like some messages on facebook <laughs> i don't
3: i don't know if like he actually is a like school high school debater or whatever but like i've seen his videos where he kind of like talks as if he is in a debate team mm. um That's the like hates Right, he he, yeah. he has the cadence for it. He also does like the hand motions for it, and like as someone who was like traumatized by kind of like university debating, you kind of recognize it when other people um, mm. have it.
2: Um, yeah, like
3: there is. And, that's, like, and, mm. and what what I was gonna say was like his his um his explanation about the Stanford letter is absolutely like a debate guy response, right? It's like one of those things that doesn't actually mean anything. When it's like clouded in this kind of, just a, j- ambiguous enough.
1: Yeah, it's kind um, of like a liberal Shapiro vibe. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. He is and the what? the liberal Ben Shapiro. In fact, I'll retract something I said earlier. There isn't a Tracy Flick vibe off of this guy, right? Because like, <laughs> Tracy Flick and like, uh, the main character of uh, the Election, like... Uh, all of that was, like, incredibly calculated, whereas this guy is content to just, like, kind of venally fail upwards. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't get the sense that he badly wants to be president, but I do think he wants to be on MSNBC, and, you know, mission accomplished.
2: Yeah, I find some weird... Like, I'm trying to figure out, whenever I see, like, a Ziad video, how sincere he actually is. Because I feel like he... Like, I don't know if it's incredibly cynical. I think he means it. I think he thinks he's, like... By by teaching billionaires, you know, um, the the latest meme that he's actually like, you know, empowering Generation Z.
1: Mm, I want to believe that. I think it is cynical, but I think you're you're right. I think he's convinced himself that that's cynicism in the furtherance of like a a genuine good.
3: I would say right, that he's. Yeah. Just, I would just say that he's very calculated. And like he knows what he's doing. So like everything that he's done is like very slick and very polished, but also. You know, he is part of a generation that kind of understands that everything is about branding and everything kind of is uh, like part of, you know, you can't separate the personal and, um, you know, the career aspect of like his life. And this is someone who like clearly because he goes to Yale now, right? Um, No no one who's dumb could go there. But like, like, yeah, (laughs) as (laughs) as we know, but clearly like clearly he um, exhibits at least kind of that uh, kind of cynical ambition. Hmm. Um so a lot mm. of my thinking is that it doesn't really matter whether he actually sincerely believes this stuff or not. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Because he's actually like what he's thinking about is like the long game here which may not be president but it may be like very influential consultant or oh, yeah.
0: Um it certainly it certainly wants- shows that you oh, sorry god
2: Oh, he wants people to look at him like he's an activist. There's a reason why his Twitter ad used to be Ziad the Activist, and he changed it because people made fun of him so much for it.
4: Like <laughs> people he wants you. people
2: to look at him and be like, "Wow, Ziad, you know, you're a real ally to the movement. You're really making things like, you know, all all your friends, you know, you're friends with all of the the like important actual like activism and activists in Generation Z, and you're really making a good change. Like that's yeah. that's the one thing that money can't buy." Because his dad is, like, wildly rich. Like, not the CEO of Citibank, but one of their, like, really... One of the like top consultants there. Oh, and like, it's it's like a daddy's quest money camp by activism. It's a
1: quest for authenticity and I don't yeah. think he's he's ever gonna be able to get it. Also because, as so. we've established, clown shoes at times, including the like oh, oh yeah. I'm just I'm just filming myself in in my flat, which is you know, that this is the flat that I have that I rent, uh and then like one corner of the fucking green screen comes down and you see like marble <laughs> columns and
0: shit. So uh right, but but this is what we talk when we say buzzword progressivism. Is a, a completely empty of politics. It's mm-hmm. The fact that and again, it's not that, oh no, there's this, you know, young person who's being a fucking moron online. It's that this is a young person who's being a moron online and um being
1: propelled through yeah, that exactly. by this enormous force of uh both like his dad's money and also the fact that he is able to like get this access to the 90-year-old freak shows who are like, uh oh, teach me how to dab.
0: So, um, a little bit more about the dad, in fact, um, I view, I, I did, I ran some searches on the Bloomberg terminal. I learned a little bit more about, mm. um, Shaquille Ahmed, uh, Shaquille is, uh, was one of the biggest quants at, uh, city ran a internal That's hedge fund for you
1: that. that. What? I was just making a cunt joke. Oh. I, was, I was, I was calling him a cunt. <laughs> no. sounds kind of like quant. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, very fun. Thank you. And, um. So uh, essentially, then what uh, what what he did uh, was he then moved on to start a head. He left city uh, is then was then put on the board of a fintech that helps people allocate illiquid investments hmm. um, on things we talked <laughs> about previously. Yeah. And uh, or like other sort of exotic or alternative investments, uh, again, in a high frequency, a entirely ton-teen. automated way. Yeah. And then he also has a um, a hedge fund services platform called Princeton Asset Management. And what they do is, again, they help hedge funds engage in high frequency trading. How do you call if it you Princeton
1: how- Asset Management and send your kid to Yale?
0: <coughs> Very funny. Well, that's why
2: Ziad um, wanted to go to, to oh, Yale because he didn't want to be in the same city as his dad.
0: Yeah. So this is like a guy you yeah, he met You mentioned he wasn't—I don't think he was an MD at City, but um, their nature of his job, I think he was higher paid than most MDs at City <laughs> uh, while yeah. he was there. And now he just charges um fees to hedge funds to allocate assets for them. And again, high-frequency trading. If you want to know what like drives a company's a, a company a, a country's like interest rates up when like you know they elect a socialist, in many ways, it's high-frequency trading. <laughs> It is all of those automatic arbitrages that are found around the world that basically exist to reward some of the world's worst and most venal shit automatically and without human input. Hmm. So, um, <laughs> cool. Um, effectively, uh, so uh, he started uh, Juve with a couple friends of his from uh, school. Uh, their revenue is estimated at $34 million per year. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> excuse yeah. me fucking excuse yeah. me what are the dab lessons
1: yeah what, what do they actually do what have they done who have they worked with to provide these dab lessons
0: um now uh liv you've actually had a little bit of an yes. of association with this with this I company do. yes um, uh ziad is my
2: boss <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so can you tell us a little more about that um so i think this was around april because this is like the original people getting mad at because he had that tiktok where he was like to the bernier busters who are you serving and like people made fun of him um but i i looked into his like firm more and you know there's these like the consulting jobs or whatever and it's an all zoomer company so you have to be between like 14 and 22 to get hired something like that
0: Wait, isn't that um, child labor
2: it's not that <laughs> no, legally so. legally never, it's a yeah. farm <laughs> yeah. well, no because
3: from what from what I gather from the website like part of the whole business is like influencers right Um, it seems to me that like they're not like directly hiring people they're just kind of out like everyone is an influencer in that company
2: I think so it's something like that I'm sure they find some technicality so legally oh, I know it's what this acceptable is. this is Raya for people who are too
0: busy working on their LinkedIn to fuck <laughs> <laughs>
1: you want to explain what Raya was again real quick oh
0: uh, Raya, Raya was the um was isn't the it, dating isn't it, app. For, isn't it Raya? Well, whatever it is, it's the dating app for celebrities and influencers.
3: <laughs> oh yes,
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: there were many poly, um, there were many polycules that were formed on that app.
0: A, 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 a friend of mine. Uh, I'm going to do this in the form of a blind item. Um, a certain uh, friend of mine dated a certain uh, w- witcher witchy man mm. uh, known for having <laughs> white hair. Um, Uh, based on raya yeah that's right (laughs) That's a certain witchy man uh (laughs) listen
1: man i don't know (laughs) i've been up for like 18 hours (laughs)
0: fuck off um and he also uh and include on their board of advisors which mostly is like you know a rogues gallery of again just a bunch of monsters and monsters or idiots includes and again of the woke dab consultancy that's all about like Pro, like putting up all the this sort of this buzzword heavy progressivism, uh, also includes John uh, Carlo Parasuti who was associate director in the White House Office
2: of Public Liaison for George W. Bush. Yeah. Love to see it, <laughs> right? Because yeah. they have like they have a bunch of like adults. There's like the, in, in on, the, on the section of the website they are like here are the adults that also work here.
1: The honorary <laughs> millennials, it's like the non the honorary yeah. Zoomers rather.
2: So I have no clue how that works. Yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, I applied. I, mean, I applied cuz I noticed one of their like job openings was they were like we're we're hiring one more consultant. And so like I I sent some like just the most absurd I wrote like the most absurd script. The question is like who is your favorite influencer and how do you think that they like disrupt spaces properly and how would you copy that? And I sent like the the most blatantly like a parody of the type of guy that Ziad is to them. Who and did you say I your favorite accepted, influencer was? Oh it's Hassan Piker. <laughs> and I said that <laughs> <laughs> and I said that he he disrupts uh, spaces and um opens uh the, the Twitch website for marginalized voices and convinces us we can vote for Biden while also being a socialist. <laughs> that's right. That this is, is true. He yeah. also it has good.
3: this like very great muscles and yeah, uh, yeah. The powerful that's true
2: it's woke it's woke that he's yeah. taught i think yeah. i agree <laughs>
0: and um liv what happened after you sent in this obvious piss take of an application that was full of again empty contentless politicsless buzzwords
2: uh they they accepted me to the second round of interviews
0: that's right so you love to um, see it yeah, so this is actually uh, dealing with dealing with a a podcast. That's the third round. This is still a Juve interview. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so a little bit more on. So I have a little bit more of how they think of themselves than an example of the cam- of campaign that they ran. Oh yeah, before we go on, um, uh, Ziad Ahmed also uh, worked for the Council on Foreign Relations. So like basically the CIA, mm. uh, <laughs> and then the Martin O'Malley campaign. <laughs> Remember yes. that? It yes. was so in touch <laughs> with the youth. Oh yeah, he was the one. That's why Martin O'Malley
2: was doing the (laughs) name thing.
1: The only engagement that Martin O'Malley's campaign had with the youth was that tweet that was like Martin O'Malley, you got a cartoon ass name. You sound like the mailman in a town where everyone's a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Um...
0: And and And, that was uh... a project of Juve, I guess. Yeah, probably. Uh, and if I, it was Juve that taught uh, Tom Steyer how to uh, dance a juvenile. I still think of that all the time. That's such an awesome video.
1: Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just a Juve Zuma across the table from Tom Steyer being like, Listen, if you want to be president, the one thing is voters have to believe implicitly, have to really see in their mind's eye that you just absolutely want your wife to peg the shit out of you all the time. It just has to be obvious. Just build your entire campaign around that. Okay, if Juve was a prank, then I take everything yeah. back. Like social yeah. experiment gone wrong, and gone sexual.
0: Um, so I got two friends together, and we founded Juve Consulting. This is there were three founders. This is one of them, and it's been a whirlwind. I believe the world looks better when diverse young people are centered in the conversation, and when the and now and, and you basically might as well add the rest of your. Uh, Uh, application lived to the end of that um a a lot of brands are failing to create products and ads that appeal to gen Z. Hmm. you have a lot of people and older generations in large ad firms and they use quantitative data about gen Z to make big decisions we don't think that's the right way to do it don Don draper
1: smoking an entire cigarette in one pool and being like we gotta kill mr peanut (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can help you co-create products and ads that genuinely appeal to people in our age group, based on our real-world lived experiences of what our peers have reacted well or poorly to. Our overall message is simple: stop talking about teenagers and start talking to teenagers. Oh, cool! We are a platform to empower Gen Z, Z, rather. I'm I'm, I'm mixed up in my countries. So, um, yeah, it basically all, all that's what I think. If you want to take away one serious lesson from this, right, it's that um all of the all of the uh, if with when it's drained of its politics, when it's drained of its actual political con- content, which is about difficult and hard to answer questions about like who gets what, who gets considered to be a free and equal person and so on, all the progressive buzzword stuff is branding. We kill so of course it's Mr. being used for a branding Peanuts. agency. Uh, no, we center Mr. Peanut <laughs> yeah, in no, a disruption yeah, yeah, about what it of talks course center about. center Mr. Peanut's lived experiences. Y- y- you, ha-
1: you have this wunderkind across the table from Don Draper who is like, no, no, no. I can do this better. Baby Mr. Peanut. <laughs>
0: um, so they said with Edelman, who by the, which by the way is the PR firm that um, hired all uh, several of the um, Change UK uh, failures. Hmm. Um, we did a presentation for their brands where we talked about who is Mike
1: Gapes going to learn how to do <laughs> fucking Fortnite dances now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. Mike, Mike, they're going to like coach Mike oh, Gapes on <laughs> Twitch <yeah>. streaming.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Um, so they say. Uh, <laughs> about memes finsta and other topics that people outside of Gen z don't know about hmm. we offer curated experience as well we represented axe at an event with a meme booth amazing cool <laughs> it,
1: is meme the meme booth. what is it what is an axe body <laughs> spray meme booth do they like just <laughs> line you up advice
2: animals yeah <laughs> like i, I can as Axe body spray <laughs>
1: I, I just in my head I'm imagining it's that and then they like hand you a laser jet print out of the meme and then a guy sprays you in the eyes with the Axe body spray like a cop with CS gas.
0: No, they they're teaching the um the Unilever CEO how to make a rage comment. <laughs> um, yeah, great. I know they're 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 organizing um, all of the political leaders of the OECD to all go on live Jasmine at the same time and be like, put your shoe on your head, and other memes in the late 2000s. Um, so, what kind of work is Gen Z consulting actually? Irvin admits we mostly get TikTok inquiries. So yeah, it's basically a, tw- a twenty-four million dollar TikTok hype house. <laughs> <laughs> um. Most companies want insight into the data collected About young people They want to know how to use certain social media platforms And they want more information about Gen Z's interest um, So, uh, 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 For uh, instance,
1: not what's this we... interest in socialism? Asks uh, our biggest customer, the FBI
4: <laughs>
0: uh, Not only do we want people to understand us We want them to understand us so they can empower us So they aren't just using us as a marketing ploy Or another target audience Remote. We're people at the, end of the day You are a marketing yeah. agency. That's exactly what you're doing. No, no, Alice. They're not marketing. They are centering oh, the
2: lived experiences. Oh my god! tell me it's
1: raining, man. Jesus
2: Christ. Something I've <laughs> noticed Biden. from all of these is like all all of the things they've talked about in terms of like identities are are important to center. At no point does Ziad, of course, ever mention class. No. That's the one identity that is like not a thing that's really important. So like the the Generation Z, I, I, honestly, what it is is class is replaced with like generational politics, and it's like we need to empower Zoomers, right? Like yeah. Zoomers of the world unite. We have oh. like the same interests. There's well, this, no yeah. like understanding of like there are some Zoomers who are employ employees, and there are some. I mean, I guess they had is already an employer, but who will go on to be incredibly rich? Mm.
3: This is this is like I think. Yeah, I think like that's probably like the point, the, the key point in all of this, um, which is like the absence of class and the, uh, the center of the centering on like Gen Z, the, the centering on Gen Z, not just as a lucrative marketing demographic, but the way that he's marketed it is one is like, well, Gen Z are going to be the people who bring about the social and cultural change that we need, which kind of like reminds me of that sentiment that people say sometimes which is like gen z or like the young people will save us so we don't have to like address any of the mm. kind of major economic or environmental problems that are like facing us um, mm-hmm. because like because gen z will sort it out by doing like cool tiktok dances and uh, the renegade um and that's kind of what i'm imagining but like they're kind of like talking to some hapless person at hsbc um trying to teach them like all the moves to do the renegade properly um and that's going to be like the way in which HSBC will encourage uh, young people to open up a savings account with like 0.1% interest. Um, That's right. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel I and in, in and this is why like when I got when I was like looking through the website, on the one hand, this reminded me a lot of kind of whenever like every social media platform becomes lucrative and popular, you end up having consultants that like specialize in these fields. Like there were ones that were, you know, how to kind of use podcasts as a way to uh, market your products, how to use Facebook marketing. Like there's so many like LinkedIn, Facebook marketers who are like struggling for work right now because of, you know, uh, COVID and everything. But yeah, it kind of just reminds me of that. But what is kind of particularly sinister about Ziad or like, Ziad's project is that, you know, I think he's like very well aware of, again, I think he's just very well aware of what he's doing and very Mm -hmm. well aware of like how vacuous his language is, but he sort of knows how that works for him because he's like just great at talking and he's great at talking in the language that people with money are willing to um, indulge him with.
2: Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely like the most sinister part of it is like the taking of important liberatory concepts. I mean, I think the 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 most obvious word that comes to mind is like intersectionality. I think at one point, like vice news just had. A new video about him released, which I have no clue. It reminds me a lot of the, the video they had on Jacob Wall in which he's like, This this eighteen year old is probably richer than you. He's a very smart businessman. <laughs> and what, which aged and what, what very excellently. Next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever next. Um, but like how he describes Jube is like we are the most intersectional like, we are an incredibly intersectional staff, which is not how the word intersectional mm-hmm. works. But, like, mm-hmm. taking these liberatory concepts and just, like, squeezing them of any actual meaning or substance or, applic- yeah. like, ability to apply them against power structures and then, Wait, like, and, serving and then, them up for billionaires. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Liv, you've said that, but um, I have some evidence here that you're
0: wrong because I have details of your campaign with Jansport, and you're going to be eating your words in a moment.
2: Oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, Jansport Decolonizing is working... With- decolonizing bodies and spaces in, in, a, in a backpack yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's it's
0: just um it's just references we, we have to changed the, uh,
1: the name of jansport to transport to celebrate trans
0: lives <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was it um <clears throat> oh fuck it was no it's a reference to the uh the, the song by das racist uh, cash in the jansport uh, no, uh, so Jansport is working with Juve Consulting, a youth-focused think tank run by members of Gen Z, to launch the hashtag unpack that challenge on TikTok oh. for displaced students to promote a helpful message while adjusting to the new normal.
3: My I'm sorry, God. what?
0: Displaced students? Like, I think, I think they, they mean is, st- I don't think they mean like internally displaced people. I right. Think they just mean yeah. students who are like stuck not at school or at school, yeah, wherever I would, they don't want to be. I right. was okay.
3: wondering, yeah. I was just like are like w- renegade like renegade dances from the con- from like uh refugee camps
0: <laughs> that's right uh, we're we're dabbing up and down uh sub saharan Africa mm. uh, this is we're, we're dabbing for Western Sahara um so to participate simply grab your backpack from the left of the frame pull out your unique school day essentials then hand your backpack to the left
1: oh it's an everyday Include- carry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, what if we had kids do an everyday carry? That would be progressive, right?
3: I mean, don't, don't don't like a bunch of American schools have to have like see-through backpacks now?
0: Um Oh yeah. I, I yeah. Hmm. Well, hey, you know, maybe Jansport can get in on that because they asked the, you know, the teen the dabbing teens.
3: The point that I was um. I, I just remember like the, one of the points I was trying to make and I kind of got lost in uh, the last time I, the last time I was uh speaking. Um was that like we we sort of know that Ziad's kind of like aware of, he's he's probably like aware of what he's doing. But it also works really well for like the companies that he works with because these are the types of people that, these are like, the, the, these companies like who would work with uh, Juve are probably the only types of people that would take like Robin D'Angelo's like white fragility seriously. And the reason why they would take it seriously is because it kind of like presents some quite easy way of, you know, saying that they are like socially they're, they're like doing something about, you know, social justice or racial equality or like environmental um sustainability, um, without really having to kind of like sacrifice anything or to do anything that's always like meaningfully structural or to even acknowledge the fact that like what you know, their existence is kind of causing structural harm.
0: Um yeah, but and this is why I, thing, like yeah go on. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. You finish it, then Well I'll, this is what I
3: was gonna say that like the language that like Ziad is using both on the website and kind of in his interviews about Juve Consulting. Um, and just kind of where his position is as one who, you know, we were talking about how like he was trying to brand himself as like Ziad the activist, but his activism was really just like hanging out with like some Congress people and taking selfies with them. Yeah.
0: I wonder and, how he met mm-hmm. them, by the way. <laughs> and vi- and yeah. like what he and what
3: he's basically done is to kind of take that level of activism, i.e. like hanging out with like some vaguely progressive politicians. Um, and build it into a business. Or like use like, I don't know, use his dad's money to like build it into a like kind of okay business right
1: now.
0: Or, you know, and again, there's no way of knowing that for sure, but I sure do bet someone that senior in the finance world probably knows I, someone who knows someone who knows the president of Unilever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also,
3: there are probably companies that are willing to kind of part with like a decent amount of money to do that, um, just on the basis that again, it kind of gives them an opt-out from having to do anything
1: serious or like to address any serious structural problems, are you suggesting hey. that JanSport isn't really meaningfully committed to <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, displaced students'
0: welfare? Sorry, 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 everyone. I, I didn't you now. Of course, this wouldn't seem. This would seem sort of again like sort of substanceless, uh, buzzword-heavy drivel that is. Yeah, essentially an everyday carry for students. Um, but now this last part, then understand you, this last part, you can understand how it actually works, which is that you pair the video with Grace and Chance's Seasons 19. Oh, okay. So you know, I think you're all going to be pretty sorry about that. That's bad right. Things you said about the JanSport campaign. Yeah, I'm excited I, I, that I you didn't say know, know
1: that it was going to be paired with Grace and Chance's Seasons 19. If I knew that the <laughs> musical Chances. stylings of Chris Del Chris would be applied to this, then you know, I I would never have been so cynical.
0: So what the challenge does is it encourages duetting other participants' videos to build connections, while giving back to other students in need through World Central Kitchen. How? Um. Yeah. So I mean, how? that's... Look, if you want to, know, I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Oh.
0: Okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if, if you just, this, this, that's what if that's the essence of the of the progressivism of uh, Juve Consulting is, you know, is it's that you it, ask the question just,
1: how, yeah. and they're just like, um, yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> Gensport. Generational Gen Sport. politics? Gensport. Gen um, and uh, we were happy to team up with Gensport to tell them how Gen Z is, is faring during this challenging time, explains Ziad.
1: They're a backpack company! Why the fuck would they need to know that? <laughs> <laughs> got
3: to, know, well, maybe... they've, they've got to make bulletproof backpacks.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Um, I'm hey, sorry, look, I had
1: to channel Milo for a little bit there, just for a second, since we were Milo-less this episode, but
0: like, <laughs> I, um, oh my I, I, god, I, dude! <laughs> look, I, I want to move us on to the reading, which is going to be a, a little short one for the end of this of this episode. Um, But yeah, cool. Awesome. I love that this uh, son of one of the richest bankers in the States is uh, green screening out his fancy house so that people take him seriously when he says to vote for Biden and then is telling a backpack how to empathize (laughs) by doing an everyday carry challenge and somehow donating to a kitchen. Uh, It's cool. It's great. This is the future of the progressive movement. And we love Um, it, folks. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think MAS could take a few lessons up uh, from Juve. Hmm. They, should, they should, center more Gen Z voices. <laughs> they barely paired
1: <laughs> anything with Grace and Chance's seasons nineteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, <Yo>, um, <laughs> they they should be they should do far far more meme dances. That's right, uh, made, paired with
2: paired with songs by people I don't know. With Spanish for MAS high hopes. needs to hire more. Yeah, for- MAS needs to hire more like Generation Z, like, um. Like rich kids whose names are like, um, like Jose Schorner um, to like do, <laughs> the, do the dad for them and talk about how cool socialism is. I,
0: I love that. Uh, what's actually probably gonna happen is like a bunch of people are gonna be like, ah, oh, I just had to move here from Bolivia. Uh, can I get a job at Jew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad just moved here from Bolivia. He used to like own a bunch of lithium mines or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so hey. Check you know, this out, you know, I you, know you,
1: f- you know when you you know you your dad fills your JanSport with lithium.
0: TFW, dad <laughs> filled JanSport with lithium. <laughs> Check it out on my Finsta. Um But yo, uh, I've got a reading for us to close out today, and who bo- this one's a lot of fun. Um, the conservative woman is like a sort of like reactionary blog that we go I go to very occasionally because its energy is always very wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've decided that today is the day we read. The last time we read from the conservative woman, it was like a guy wrote an article about how Heathrow Airport was too self-satisfied. Awesome! This, I, I, yeah. I,
1: I, I'm I'm fully prepared for this to be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: the cons- so, like yeah, the conservative woman produces great content.
0: Like so,
3: in terms of just how how unhinged, but also just how like petty and minuscule it is. It's like one of the best websites, um, in my opinion. Mm.
0: So we're gonna check this out now: the young race zealots and a Black Lives Matter storm in a phone box.
1: Uh, okay. Uh,
0: by Henry Getley, a conservative woman. Uh, yeah, mostly men, white <laughs> for the conservative woman. It seems huh. <laughs> or at least those are the ones we've read. Um, uh, it turns out they don't like our woman-only spaces. Who knew? Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Basically there is, okay so there's this there's a little town in uh Wiltshire called Urchfont. No there um, isn't. I'm afraid, that, I'm afraid there is. The, you so can't fool you me know. there is an <laughs> Urchfont. Ur- Urchfont. It is basically like the it's the town from Hot Fuzz basically and No luck like um, catching
1: them swans then.
0: Oh just the one oh no we're not we're not, we're not here doing doing silent yeah. Peg quotes. Um <laughs> So basically, and and as you know, like the famous iconic red phone boxes in Britain have sort of all been decommissioned and taken back into ownership by councils, which now yeah, in there's only like
1: five left anyway because you BT can't have replaced, yeah, you, yeah, you can't. You can't days, have them anymore. These days they were um, yeah. replaced in the seventies by these kind of glass constructions by BT in order Look, to turn them into mosques.
3: I yeah I was gonna say I love working at the BT uh working with BT and like uh positioning the phone boxes so they all face Mecca yeah
0: that's right (laughs) so um so basically this is a row over what to do with a phone box the one (laughs) phone box in (laughs) Urchfont.
3: <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> can I no. just say
3: can I just say that I come from what well, I, I live in one of these like places where they have phone boxes that people use and there's like big uproar <laughs> because the, do the, you the, have was, any idea how little that narrows it down. <laughs> no, as in like I you know, there are like when I when I go when I go running, um, I see people using that phone box. I'm just kind of that phone box has been there since like the 70s like well since like the eighties. Um and one of the reasons why we didn't want the phone box to go. Because they're doing like a the council are kind of doing a like a survey about, you know, should we remove the phone box or not? Um, I kid you not, there were four people who were like, that's the place where I do my emails.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, don't remove it. So, OK, let's get to the article. The current epicenter of the Black Lives Matter controversy isn't Minneapolis, Los Angeles or even London or Bristol. It's Urchfont, a picture a picture perfect no, village in the heart of rural no, Wiltshire. not.
1: That's just <laughs> a lie.
0: <laughs> when several local white teenagers asked to put on a Black Lives Matter-inspired anti-racism display in the phone box, they were refused. I mean, because it is only. Sorry, go
1: ahead. I mean, good for them, but like also tremendously weird Wiltshire energy to be like, can we put on a protest in the phone box?
0: Well, the idea was that they're going to use it for community. Ex- the town acquired it, so they were going to use it for community exhibitions and displays. And it's overseen by a dedicated team called the Community Bell Group. (laughs) The greater good. (laughs) So, several teenagers uh, that uh, basically were like, oh, it's for community displays. We think that there's a lot of like. We we, we in in this community
1: believe that black lives matter.
0: Ah, that's
1: politics. Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
0: So. Um, because it is only for non-political community purposes. Uh-huh. Now the story has developed into a racism row no, on the theme have, of you.
1: You have developed it into a racism <laughs> row. <laughs> no, I was not very tuned itself.
0: in to the affairs
1: of Urchfont Parish Council before this. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> um are you uh, all of Gen Z is watching Urchfont Parish Council on TikTok. You're just showing sure. that you're not <laughs> you're, you can never be employed at Juve. Um <laughs> On the th- So, basically, uh, The Sun's website headline is Angry teens accuse villagers of racism after not allowing Black Lives Matter oh, poster wow. to be displayed in phone box
1: Wow, okay, I looked up Urch font, which, incidentally, population 1000 And let me, <laughs> let me post in the Zencaster chat the first image that appears on that Wikipedia article And I'd like Hussein to explain it <laughs> Okay, I'm excited <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh you okay one oh my god what is that <laughs> um, what, are what are we Googling seeing here on? what's going on okay what are we looking at what are we looking at okay sorry <laughs> fuck where <laughs> do we even begin where do we even the begin episode, with? Right? okay so it's like it's like it's like it's like a, <laughs> it's right it's like a mannequin like a paper mache mannequin maybe but it's dressed up to look like a, uh, mischievous Saracen, geez, Saracen, a mischievous Saracen, a mischievous Saracen, but in a very fancy vest that you would like wear to a very
0: bad nightclub, um, like, like a se- like a seventies like a seventies glam vest. I'm told right. that this is Alibaba uh, as as
1: an exhibit at the Urchfont Scarecrow Festival. Right. Um, There's like
3: a a vase or there's like a kind of like a, 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 yeah, like a vase next to him. And then there's a basket, like a woven basket with two white gloves hanging outside of it.
0: Anyway, this kind is not of a village that hands? needs to gain some
2: race sensitivity no, at all.
0: No, of course no. not. Some, some <laughs> no, not British all.
2: person in this village just decided that they're going to scare away scarecrows with, like, Arab people. <laughs> they're like, what's <laughs> the most terrifying thing? You know
1: what, like, crows are terrified of is Sharia. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the uh, mail right. online, the Daily Mail online says angry teenagers accuse village elders of racism after, in quotes, after they refuse to let them put up BLM message in disused phone box. <laughs> But a closer examination shows that the story isn't quite so straightforward.
1: I'm sorry. I think I've heard all I need to after seeing the fucking scarecrow. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. oh, so this gets into my favorite part of the UK, which is um sort of, uh, uh, you might say, small just small town death vendettas mm. that then get played out over this. Um, <laughs> closer examination shows the story isn't quite so straightforward. The issue has now made the news after it was publicized by an, a group called BLM in the Sticks, an offshoot of BLM which helps rural communities across the UK to fight racism in their local area, such so as that kind of uh, fight clearly needed in Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, according good, to- good for them.
1: <laughs> just, we, we kind of raised an eyebrow at the whole
0: uh, racist scarecrow thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, according to council minutes, the initial request for the teenagers to use the phone box came from a parish counselor called Lisa Kinnaird. On June 6th, she wrote to the community bell group managing the disused phone box, saying that her daughter Emily and some friends have asked if they could do a display on BLM and the history behind the movement. They're no, 16, no, and Emily is going to study A level <laughs> and <laughs> believes education can help raise awareness of and fight racism. Cut to large <laughs> man <laughs> cocking shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> the request was turned down. Then Kinnaird uh, resigned from the council on behalf of her daughter. Emily Kinnaird wrote, recently, me and my friends thought it'd be beneficial if Urchmont showed its support for the black community. Um, we thought it would be a good idea to display in the Urchmont phone box the distribute of George Floyd and some statistics about police brutality and a bit about the history of slavery and colonialism. We hope this will raise awareness. Now is the time to be actively anti-racist, not quietly non-racist. Good for them. This was also turned down. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) The teenagers, now calling themselves the youth of Urchfont, went directly to the parish council with a petition and and a watered-down version of their proposal um, that would just create a cultural historical information display with a gallery of art, photography, and a history to form a display about racism.
1: Can we simply put up a sign
0: that says... Racism—is it good? Who can say? Uh, no, that is still too political. <laughs> um, the parish council discussed the issue on July eighth um, oh, with the so teenagers and other.
1: lie on the wall in that meeting.
0: <gasps> well, uh, it was an open Zoom meeting, and the teenagers and other villagers were allowed to contribute. <laughs> um, one of the one of the youth noted that the kiosk had previously been used for political displays, for example, a VE Day picture of a British soldier. That's not
1: political, not like saying Black Lives Matter, which is inherently political.
0: Uh so uh, however, that was you know what's that not political in- is war. No, uh, what what is political is uh, race war, which is when you say racism exists. Right. What's not political is real war when a war happens. <laughs> uh, that's just nature. So, um. Richard Kemp, uh, husband of councillor Maria Kemp, said the decision to reject the, t- the teenager's request uh, should have been accepted and they moved on. Quote, I see no justification for revisiting that decision now, save for vested self-interests. So, um, yeah, special interests are trying to promote <laughs> anti-racism. And <urge> outside, <laughs> outside
1: agitators are trying to fuck with beautiful, beautiful
0: phone box. <laughs> it's like yeah, I was going to I was going to put my collection of racist dolls in there. <laughs> I mean, uh, normal dolls, normal dolls. Shut up. Um well, not mentioned in the current proposal, uh the this uh this request is related to Black Lives Matter, which is a patently political movement, a movement that is demonstrably contentious and offers little to enhance the lives of the urchfont community. Ooh. Well, yes, cuz they're white. <laughs> it's, it's like Yeah, it's it's supposed to make it's supposed to like it's not supposed to like delight you with a display of like, I don't know, like a sh- like of your favorite soldiers winning. That's that's yeah.
1: not going to delight us at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I want to. M- I want something more delightful in our disused phone box. Nothing that will make me think that I am anything but the deserving owner of all the privilege I enjoy. That's right. Um, both the previous and current requests clearly indicate that it serves the particular interests of a specific group, and therefore, regardless of merit, does not meet the criteria applying to the broader community. Again, being like black people aren't in the broader community. No. <laughs> yeah. you know who is is troops from World War One. Yeah. yeah, World War One <laughs> troops. Yes. Uh, me and all my friends, yes And Boris Johnson, if he comes down the pub Will have a right belter hmm. <laughs> Me and me and me, me, and me mates having, having, having a pint down the boozer um, Unfortunately A mood of if you are not with us Then you must be against us Currently prevails And it can be easier to acquiesce In the face of public demand Against the better judgment Of the individual or the organization um, So consideration might be given As to whether the original Black Lives Matter objective Is simply being pursued by a different route
1: Ah <sighs> and all of these people, of yeah. course, got immensely furious at each other and there were like of <laughs> course like long Facebook threads and things of that nature.
0: Oh, this is this is local Facebook politics. Hmm. Mm.
1: God, uh, rural Britain owns so hard. It's so, <laughs> so
0: fucking psycho. Um so the request was ultimately rejected by a five-three vote, with Lisa Kinnaird immediately resigning from the council. Oh, good for um, her! Yeah, and then uh, her husband, David Kinnaird, was later quoted in an interview on the Wiltshire Events website as saying the teenagers um, uh, just wanted to do just wanted to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, uh. 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 However, it is worth noting that, um, and he said that, look like, they just wanted to do something, they wanted to raise awareness about racism, they didn't need it to be, or like, related to, to Black Lives Matter or whatever, but then, again, the conservative woman just going full, like, no, no, no. all
1: of these, all of these kids in Wiltshire are fully Antifada-like, uh, all yeah, of the, good. all of them will throw bricks and milkshakes and soup cans at Wiltshire police if they get the chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... Because then, they, because then they they say. However, the teenagers were pictured in front of the Urchfont phone boxes holding a BLM logo. Oh shit! Oh fuck!
4: <laughs> Jesus! Oh, no. Christ!
0: Um, yeah. But then this is back to uh, Henry. Gatley. What is a BLM power- logo? It's the fist. Oh, okay. Black power fist. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, because he's so corporate-brained. He's like, well, it's a logo. <laughs> yeah, I love, <laughs> I love
1: to get my BLM branded fleece. <laughs>
0: God, don't let... No, don't let Ziad hear you. Um, (laughs) One question that remains unanswered is whether these ardent young idealists were out campaigning about the issue of rural racism before George Floyd uh, died. It's a uh, passive voice, huh? You claim to be anti-racist,
1: and yet you may not always have been anti-racist?
0: Yeah, no one can learn any new thing. Especially not the young. Also, yeah, Uh, like,
1: you you claim to be anti-racist now, 15-year-old, but were you doing this when you were 10?
0: Hmm? (laughs) Your silence speaks volumes. Perish the thought that when the BLM bandwagon rolled into their sleepy (laughs) village... Um, Yeah,
1: a a village which is familiar with literal bandwagons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bandwagons do be rolling in and out of Urchfont,
1: though.
0: (laughs) Do you think we have any listeners in Urchfont? If, do you think one of the people from this group is a listener? If they are, that would rock. That would rock. Might, yeah, that would roll. They might
3: have. The, they might have. They might be the Zune user.
0: Mm, That's right. I haven't heard
3: the Zune user for. I was. I was going to say that. Like, there's not really much I can add to this other than that. It's just kind of reminds me of like the kind of local village politics of the place where my parents live, where you're absolutely right. Like a Facebook post can uh, like, has more power in one of those places than like anywhere else. It's like uh, the but crucible. It also, <laughs> it was, but it's also like one of those, it's also one of those things where it's like in those types of places you have, you know, it, it's one of those places that b- b- multiple kind of paranoias can kind of coalesce around I the most. Goodie Miller making a BLM fest. Right. Or just like yeah, or you know, or kind of anything that isn't kind of a giant poppy is considered to be like signs of a signs of an invasion. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I like and it, it and it is insane just because the types of responses you get on like the Facebook post to the idea that oh, you know, well, we don't know what this family is doing. Like, or you know, well, one of the things that I remember is um, a few years ago there was a. Uh, the, the church in my uh, family's local village that was being taken over. It was the new pastor had come in and the pastor the was like a Ghanaian guy. Um, and there was like a lot of paranoia. And one of the kind of, uh, one of the Facebook posts that had emerged during that time was the fact, well, was like this, Completely false rumor that the pastor was part of like this secret satanic cult.
0: Um, <laughs> Look, I thought it was
1: a bit weird when he opened his first sermon invoking Boko Haram, but like and, go off, right, I guess.
3: I, and that this and that and that this cult has origins not in like Ghana or in anywhere in like the African continent, but <laughs> further <in> the, Devonshire. <laughs> no, the estate, the estates of Peckham.
1: Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, no go um, zones. So, yeah. And um,
3: it's, so, is this kind of, yeah, is this kind of, this is like the perfect kind of like village story. And it's absolutely the kind of story that like the readers of the conservative w- woman, aka just like just angry, paranoid
0: boomers, just lap up. why did Nate start
1: a cult?
0: <laughs> so, um if you want to know that, here's the paranoia. Uh, where Henry Getley says, given the worrying nature of BLM in the state, perhaps it might benefit the teenagers to look a little deeper into the aims of the British wing of the organization which says it is guided by a commitment to dismantle imperialism, capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy, (laughs) and the state structures that disproportionately harm black people in Britain and around the world. We build deep relationships across the diaspora and strategize to challenge the rise of the authoritarian right across the world from Brazil to Britain. Cool. Had the teenager's phone box been allowed, would that bit of quote-unquote education have gone up in Urch font? I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Totally. What do you you give a shit? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, no, we definitely... the whole thing, we want to dismantle white supremacy. Ooh, we can't have that in Urch font. That could scare, that could scare the guy who makes the racist scarecrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
1: just in there trying to do my emails about my racist scarecrow, and I don't want to be confronted with uh, dismantling capitalism.
0: Uh, no, not at all. So, hey, uh, my opinion, uh, give Juve to those kids. Hmm.
3: Yeah, Juve yeah, should set up a UK office there.
0: Yeah, sit in the phone box. <laughs> <laughs> This is this, this is our UK office for tax purposes. It's the Urchmont phone box. Maybe
3: maybe we should move that one like when we get kicked out of the office. We should just like buy a phone box.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's, Let's buy the Urchmont phone box, <laughs> not do politics in it.
4: <laughs>
0: um but hey, we've been going for quite some time. So I think it's about time for me to say, Liv, thank you so much for
2: coming back onto the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Had a great time.
0: Yeah. Uh, where where can people find you and your various Twitch streams?
2: Oh, yes. Um, I'm on Twitter at LivePosting. Also on Twitch at LivePosting. I stream like every other day at 3 p.m. Pacific. And I'm also restarting my podcast, which is also Live Posting on like SoundCloud, <laughs> Spotify, a couple other places.
0: Yeah. See, that's Zoomer branding right there. Absolutely. You know it's the same name across.
2: Yeah. Across right. the piece.
1: Our, um, um our, our, our theme song is seasons 19. <laughs> 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 sure.
0: sure why not uh yeah th- think about um how about this it's set to seasons 19 uh for the outro to this episode uh look at your backpack take something out of your backpack put it in the nearest phone box have you made a political statement juve <laughs> <laughs>
4: um
0: but anyway it's also uh, yes theme songs that uh, thank you for subscribing to the Patreon Thank you for listening All that usual good stuff And we will see you in the free episode next week Bye right. Later everybody Bye Bye In the middle of my street I'm needing some clarity And I car, the radio To find a song like you Like you
2: Oh no, I'm not looking back to rewrite our stories past I gave up years ago